0: Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Zach Dawes, Jr., Managing Editor for News and Opinion at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. We've published more than 150 titles under our Nurturing Faith book imprint, and we invite you to check them out at goodfaithmedia.org slash bookstore. Today's guest is Leah Grunsett-Davis, author of Believe the Women, A Journey of Liberation with Alliance of Baptist Women, published by Nurturing Faith Books. She is the pastor of Ravensworth Baptist Church in Annandale, Virginia. Leah, thanks for carving out time to visit, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, we'll start with a standard question that we ask everybody on Good Faith Reads, which is, tell our listeners in one sentence what the book is about.
1: Sure. Well, believe the Women tells the story of six alliance of Baptist clergy women and their connection to preaching the Magnificat in Luke chapter 1.
0: We'll get to kind of what the Magnificat is in in a few minutes, but before we do that, could you share with the listeners, was there a critical life experience or set of experiences for you and anybody else who was part of putting the book together that that led you to to want to write this book?
1: I think so so as a woman who is baptist and a pastor i've always felt this connection to this passage of scripture and as i've considered what it means to be all of those things um this passage has been very empowering to me and so this actually started out as my doctor of ministry project Um, at Candler School of Theology at Emory University. And then it turned into something bigger than that, which was a real gift. Um, The first time I ever preached the Magnificat, I was pregnant with my eldest daughter. And it took on this new meaning for me in that moment as well, because I've always been aware that my body being in a pulpit is not the one that most people are used to seeing. But in that moment, I became very aware that my pregnant body was not what most people were used to seeing in a (laughs) pulpit um, or having as a pastor or, you know, any extension of that experience. And in that moment, I, I had this awareness of like, wow, Mary stood there when she was pregnant and had this very powerful experience of proclamation of her own. Um, And so not to compare, we're not comparing (laughs) myself and Mary, but it was this moment where I, I had a lot of strength from her because of that experience.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, your book was published in conjunction with the Alliance of Baptists, as the title would probably suggest, and it's a combination of stories about female ministers alongside, as you mentioned, biblical reflection on Mary's song in Luke 1 that we know as the Magnificat. For listeners who might not be familiar with that passage or that term, could you tell us a little bit about the Magnificat and then maybe share the, a little bit about how the book was formulated, how you put it together in terms of its organization and its content?
1: Of course. So, as we join with Mary in Luke chapter one, she's found out that she's expecting Jesus. She said yes, and she goes off to see her cousin Elizabeth. And when she walks in the door, Elizabeth, her cousin, of course, is pregnant with John the Baptist. And then, and she says, Elizabeth says that the child inside of her left with joy. And then Mary sings this song from Luke one, says. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. So this is Mary singing of who she knows God to be. She's singing both of her experience with who God is. And then I think most would say Barbara Brown Taylor has this great quote where she says that Mary's singing ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, She writes about how this was probably, we could imagine this being a lullaby that Jesus heard growing up. So this probably Mm -hmm. formed who Jesus was and Jesus' understanding of who God was. And so it's this powerful song that Luke records um, Mary singing. So I had this idea that other women might have this experience too, <laughs> particularly mm-hmm. other Alliance of Baptist women who are pastors perhaps might have a connection to this. And so the book itself is a story of these six women, both a little bit of their call stories, their experience and connection to what it means to be Baptist, and then to preach the Magnificat. And then it includes one of their sermons on the Magnificat. So we have a variety of voices, um, throughout the history of the Alliance of Baptists, which I drew on that Mary singing from generation to generation. So we have generations of Alliance of Baptist women sharing their stories of their own ministry, their own embodiment, um, and then their own sermons as well. And then at the very end of it, I draw some conclusions about what they had in common and what was different. The themes overwhelmingly were about that word embodiment again, and an agency. And remarkably, a lot of people talked about the freedom of what it means to be Baptist and why they continue to stay Baptist.
0: We'll be right back in a few moments with more of Good Faith Reads. I'm Mitch Randall, CEO of Good Faith Media, and we're proud to announce a Better Way Initiative. A better way, people of faith are too often cast as only narrow-minded and fundamentalist. This image is false, so let's not surrender the truth. A better way, this initiative from Good Faith Media will focus people of faith on giving voice to justice, to inclusion, to love. These values define the faith communities so many of us know. A better way initiative from Good Faith Media Go to goodfaithmedia.org and click on Initiatives. There's more to tell. Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined remotely by Leah Grunset Davis, author of the Nurturing Faith book, Believe the Women. I'm Zach Dawes, Jr. of Good Faith Media, your host for this episode. Leah, could you tell us about your approach in writing the book? You've shared a little bit about kind of how it came together, but I'm thinking more like weekly goals, daily word count mandates, did you face writer's block? For anybody who's listening that might be thinking about putting a book together, maybe share some insight into your process for uh, putting together Believe the Women.
1: So I did have the advantage a little bit that this was a a doctor, of ministry project that I (laughs) adapted. So um, with that, I had external deadlines that I had to meet. For this, when I re, but that wasn't something that probably everybody wanted to read. Um, (laughs) So when I rewrote it and put it together in this form, I spent, I did, I spent individual time um, with each story that I was trying to share. And rewrote Mm -hmm. some of that um, with maybe perhaps a little less technicality. Um, I spent more time talking and focusing on the Alliance of Baptist history because that's what was particularly interesting for this Mm -hmm. Alliance of Baptist project. Um, but then I spent a lot of mornings at a local coffee shop. Um, my time was quite limited. I had two mm-hmm. little kids at the time and part-time childcare and part-time work. And so this was another, but <laughs> like a full-time job, <laughs> but it required the the commitment of working on it every day. Mm-hmm. I needed to be writing every day. I needed to be editing every day. I needed to be getting to that final project. So the coffee shop near my house became the place where I found great inspiration for that. Um, I listened, I remember to the Hamilton soundtrack, like on repeat, that's what was in my ears while I was writing. And I found it helpful uh, in that process. But really, it was about finding the space that could be helpful. I don't think I had a daily word count since mine was already Mm -hmm. broken up in that way. But I focused on different subjects. And I would complete one and work on the next then I'd be reminded, oh, there's something in this one where I need to go back and look at the previous subject, um, whatever that person's story was. And so they really, they came together in such a way that even the stories helped to inspire more edits of each other and back and forth.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. And I think for listeners who think they're too busy to write a book, I think you're an example of (laughs) you can still do it. You just have to commit to finding the time.
1: Yeah. Be creative.
0: (laughs) Well, the book includes five weeks of reflection organized around uh, themes, hope, peace, joy, love, and promise. And I would imagine for many listeners, Advent is going to come to mind when they read those topics. So could you share a little bit about how an individual or a small group might use the book to journey through the upcoming Advent season?
1: Indeed, it is. Uh, structured around Advent. For those of us who follow the lectionary, Mary's song, this passage from Luke, comes up every year, usually on the third or the fourth Sunday of Advent. So it makes it made sense to structure it that way. So I've talked to a few groups that have used this as a book, a Sunday school class, uh, a faith formation group, throughout the season of advent and so they'll study one chapter one week they'll have a very lively discussion there was even one class that invited one of the preachers to join them via zoom so that was really neat because they read about her story and then they had her there talking more about the story on zoom uh, the book has questions in it that you can follow along with every week and then it's uh, to experience i think these stories in particular and to think about um, Mary's song during Advent is is powerful and it comes layered with meaning and everyone would have their own experience uh, and be able to think about their own embodiment of that story and then how they proclaim it to the world as good news.
0: Well, in addition to the biblical reflection on Mary's song, the Magnifica, your book does focus on six female ministers that you mentioned, and I'm going to do my best on their names, but you can correct me if I mispronounce anything. So the, the six female ministers are Reverends Nancy hastings Sehested, Isabel DeCampo, April Baker, Kendra Frazier, Maria Sweringen, and Molly Brummett-Weddle. How did you end up selecting them? I know you mentioned kind of a variety of ages and maybe experiences, but what was it like in addition to selecting them and talking with them to listen to their stories and then try to incorporate their experiences into the book?
1: As I thought about who to include, um, I, I thought more originally about an Alliance founder and then someone who was newer to the Alliance. And that was when I came up with the idea of the generations of those who had been part of the Alliance. And so I just had this idea, again, I was hopeful (laughs) that perhaps other women had a similar experience with the Magnificat and it meant something to them. I did know that Maria Swearingen already loved the Magnificat. So that is my one confession. But Mm -hmm. the other five, I took a chance and I wrote them and I said, hey, this is a project I'm working on. I'm curious. What does the Magnificat mean to you? Would you be interested in being part of this and sharing your story? And every single one of them wrote back (laughs) enthusiastically. Mm. I love the Magnificat. It's been the most important text in my life. I've preached on it more than I've preached on anything else because it Mm. comes up in the lectionary every year. It gives me. It helps ground me in my life and my calling. Mm-hmm. The response was just incredible, and I thought, "Oh, I it wasn't just me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really did stumble on to something." And of course, others have written about this too, um, but in our particular little world of Alliance of Baptists, it really has mattered and been a place that uh, Alliance of Baptist women have found a home within this text and it's given power to their callings. So as I spoke to these six, I heard each of their stories and they shared um, so poignantly about their callings, about their ministries, about what it meant for them to step into pulpits, what it meant for them personally and for their churches. And it just felt like this incredible gift to me that I was receiving. Um, I was trusted with their stories and trusted to put them in writing and to share them with the world alongside them sharing and proclaiming about the Magnificat. So it really, it was full of joy for me um, Mm -hmm. and really a great honor.
0: Well, you you touch on many focal points in the book. So you have the organizational side of it with the Alliance. You have the personal history with these women. You have some biblical reflection and interpretation, but you, in the context uh, talk about race, sexuality, gender, identity, and probably some other themes and topics. As I was looking over the book, I, I thought, well, that's probably a joyful thing and an exciting thing, but also this challenging and maybe overwhelming um, approach to what seems like an ambitious project, weaving so many different things together. Can you just reflect a little bit on you know, bringing all of those, those aspects together into this one book?
1: I think it was ambitious and I think it was (laughs) joyful as well. So you're right on both of them. I mentioned just a moment ago about how sacred it was for me to hold the stories. And I think in some ways, these different areas that you mentioned provide different entry points, entry points into the stories that the women shared, entry points into the text. So I hope that that's a way... Um, and entry point into the Alliance of Baptist History and Covenant. So I hope that is a way that folks can connect with the stories. Like there, there is a way for everyone <laughs> to find <the> connection <laughs> point as they read and hear these stories and then read the Magnificat as well. And so there was the sacredness of this is life. In mm-hmm. life, all of these different pieces interact um, and intersect. And so to be able to hold that and to talk about it and for people to have different ways to experience that was joyful and was sacred and really was this honor and was ambitious. There were times when I thought, <laughs> how does this connect to the <laughs> about this history? But then I'd go back and talk to an author, or a preacher again, and they'd say, oh, well, you know, I was thinking about Isabel de Campo. She went on this trip. To, the, to Cuba, to the Fraternity of Baptist Churches. And that's an alliance partner. And that was the mm-hmm. first time she ever preached the Magnificat. Mm. And so she had this incredible reflection on what it means to be Baptist and to be Alliance of Baptist and um, all those intersections that she found. So I do hope it's a place of entry point. And if we're thinking about it during the Advent season, different ways to experience hope and peace and joy and love mm. and promise.
0: An important note to all of our listeners: We at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. So, if you have a book proposal, head over to goodfaithmedia.org/bookstore for more information. That's goodfaithmedia.org/bookstore. Leah, as we wrap up our time together, I wonder if you might read for us a sentence or two from the book uh, that you think is critical for listeners to hear.
1: This comes from Maria Swearingen's interview. Maria is one of the co-pastors at Calvary Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. now. Maria reflects that when singing the Magnificat, Mary feels invited to claim her identity. She uses it as her moment. Her story is transcribed on the larger story, which is a powerful invitation for everyone. What does it mean for my embodied reality to take on and claim a portion of the text, a kind of identifying and lived incarnate reality, Swearengen pondered. For her, Mary becomes dynamic expression of just that. She takes something older and deeper and wider than her and says this is about her and goes far beyond her at the same time. It's the deeply embodied and deeply cosmic that can only come from God.
0: Our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been Leah Grunset davis author of Believe the Women, A Journey of Liberation with Alliance of Baptist Women. The book, along with more than 150 other titles, is available in paperback at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore and as an ebook at either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Leah, we really appreciate your taking time to be a guest today.
1: Thanks for having me.